I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fit the Mission. Chris Taylor, a walk-off home run. The Dodgers are walking off to San Francisco. The San Francisco Giants against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Their playoff series starts Friday night at Oracle Park, and it's the first modern postseason renewal of what Chronicle baseball writer John Shea calls the greatest rivalry in baseball, with apologies to the Red Sox and Yankees. John's joining me today, and so is Susan Slesser, the Chronicle's Giants beat writer and host of the Giants Splash podcast. If you want to hear Susan and John talking baseball, breaking down the series, telling you how Gabe Kapler manipulates the Giants roster, their series preview is live now at Giants Splash. We're going to talk bigger picture. This has been an amazing, historic year for the Giants. Preseason forecasts had them winning about 75 games. They won 107, more than any Giants team ever, and one more than the Dodgers, the defending World Series champions and the favorite to repeat. They did it with a team that, on paper, was too old and not talented enough, and they did it with an approach totally different than the one they used a decade ago when they won the World Series three times in five years. Susan Slesser and John Shea, welcome to Fit the Mission. Yeah, this is such a pleasure. I'm a uh, daily listener, so this is super fun. Oh, I'm so glad to hear. So let's start with what the heck happened? The Giants were picked to be a losing team this year, and they were the best team in baseball. How'd they get here? We could probably spend an hour talking about that. Uh, but, you know, there are a few things that really jump out. A bunch of veterans who we all kind of assumed would be either gone or close to gone and sort of at the tail end of their careers, you know, especially Crawford and Posey, uh, really had, you know, career years. Some of that rest, some of that not playing as much last year. Uh, and then the front office made this these strings of really, really smart, under-the-radar, savvy moves, not just before the season, but during the season. They kind of kept tinkering constantly, and every move seemed to be brilliant and worked out great. And they established a culture in which they use their entire roster. Everybody's very unselfish, and they use everybody off the bench almost every single game. Everybody knows their role, embraces it, mm -hmm. and uh, it's come together as sort of this big team effort that wound up with uh, somehow 107 wins. It's really astonishing. Wow. John? Yeah, I mean, it, it's I, I love the history and the history between these two teams uh, going into the division series uh, is unparalleled, really. I consider it the best rivalry in baseball sorry red sox and yankees but uh this has gone on uh longer uh it's not as one-sided the yankees have much more world series titles than the red sox and there's more balance with with uh giants and dodgers they've always played in the same state and they've had a lot of bad blood and uh <laughs> let the record show that uh these two teams do not like each other so and most recently with Madison Bumgarner and Yasiel Puig and Max Muncy, those kinds of things. But uh, there was uh, actual hatred back in the days of uh, New York and early San Francisco, L.A. days. So it, it's a little calmer now, but never before have we had 107 wins versus 106 wins uh, coming up in a postseason series. I want to talk more about the Giants and Dodgers being the playoffs. John, you called this a, quote, dream grudge match in one of your recent pieces. Let's pretend there's a few listeners out there who don't know 
why this is such a big deal. Can you explain a little bit more about the history behind this? Well, the teams moved from New York to California in 1958. And before then, I mean, the most, you know, maybe the biggest hit in baseball history was a home run hit by Bobby Thompson in 1951, who played for the New York Giants. And it was a pennant winner against the rival Brooklyn Dodgers. And it was much more intense then because it was borough versus borough, not big city uh, versus big city, which we are now 400 miles away. And they used to fight all the time. I mean, Willie Mays tells me that, uh, you know, he broke up fights every time they met each other. Mm. I mean, it was pretty brutal. I mean, the umpires, there were no suspensions. There were no warnings. They just went at it all the time. And it's gone into San Francisco now. I mean, Giant fans will remember Joe Morgan's home run in 1982 that knocked out the Dodgers. But, uh, hey, Steve Finley knocked out the Giants in 2004. They've taken turns beaten up on each other, but never in the postseason since 1889 anyway, when Brooklyn was actually not the Dodgers, but the bridegrooms. And and they met in a postseason series. This is the first postseason series since 1889 between these two teams. Wow. I, I want to talk about the players a little bit, Susan. You mentioned that the Giants' key players are in their 30s. How unusual is it for so many players to be that old in baseball terms to have such great years? Well, there was this trend a few years ago where teams were trying to go younger, right? Especially with sort of their, um, you know, bench guys and and kind of saving money, also bringing up maybe young prospects a little soon. What the Giants are doing, I think, is going to start a new wave. They've been going older, and they found there is so much value in experience, not just Posey and Crawford and Brandon Belt and some of their other older players. In the long, like Evan Longoria got up to a real hot start, which helped them really get off the ground running this year. Um, but the guys on the bench, um, you know, people like Darren Ruff and, uh, you know, also guys all in their 30s. And I think they that this is going to be the next wave that experience is actually going to go back to being more valued rather than rushing up a young player and maybe seeing him not succeed immediately and and kind of have his development delayed. I, I think this is a really, really interesting trend. And the fact that the Giants are known for sort of being one of those statistics-based advanced metrics teams, the fact mm-hmm. they're doing this and they're doing so well with it, it kind of ensures that. And is it related to, you know, the pandemic season that we just had, it being shorter, giving them more of a chance to rest? Was this also just a unique time being in the pandemic? I think it probably plays a little into it. Um, Certainly with Buster Posey, he actually sat out the entire pandemic season, Mm -hmm. Uh, didn't play for the two for the two month season because he and his wife, Kirsten, had just adopted two um, premature baby girls and they didn't want to put them at risk. So he was coming off of, uh, you know, not quite two years removed from hip surgery, had a full, you know, essentially a couple of months to recover from that. And he looks like a different guy this year. Brandon Crawford, of course, played all of last year, um, you know, really worked out, stayed in shape. Uh, I think maybe a little less pounding on his legs helped. But uh, really, I think Posey is the one guy you could point at and say, yes, that time off probably definitely helped him. Everybody else, I think, probably uh, extremely hard to know. After a break, Susan and John will talk more about the forward thinking approach of the Giants front office and coaching staff and how they might be able to beat the superstar-rich, hated Dodgers. 
Also, we got a listener survey we'd love for you to take. Give us your thoughts about how to make Fifth and Mission a better show for you at sfchronicle.com slash survey. We'll be right back. I want to ask both of you about the approach of the Giants front office and the coaching staff, which I understand is unique. What's been different about the way that they've run the team in this this past season? Well, uh, after... After uh, Bruce Bochy stepped away as manager following the 2019 season, Gabe Kapler was named manager, and his two years in Philadelphia weren't so memorable because they started strong and finished not so strong, didn't make the playoffs, a 500 manager. But he is all in on the analytic uh, approach, which obviously is emphasized by Farhan Zaidi, who's the president of baseball operations. Both these gentlemen have come from the Dodgers organization. So that's a cool twist. Farhan originally came up with the A's, which at the time with Billy Bean and company were very much on the ground floor of the analytic movement. Now, Farhan Zaidi and Gabe Kapler are taking this to a new level. Like Susan says, they're using the entire roster. They're using one pitcher tops per inning uh, out of the bullpen. And it, it, it's it's a kind of a groundbreaking way of doing things. It's kind of, uh, you know, the A's on steroids because they're taking it to a new level. And it's just interesting that the two people in charge are from the Dodger organization, and that's the team they're playing. So a lot of the principles the Dodgers have used over the years, and they won eight straight division titles before the Giants finally got in the way this year, mm-hmm. are being used in San Francisco. And that was never the case so much under Bruce Bochy, who won three World Series titles, but kind of the old-fashioned way with scouting and, and player development and, and using the same guys every day and maybe a couple, two, three guys out of the bullpen. That was it. They didn't use the whole roster. If you're a reserve, sometimes you didn't play for a week or two. Hmm. And can you explain what you mean by an analytics approach? What does that mean exactly? Advanced data, uh, numbers that you might not see on the back of a baseball card. It's not just runs and at-bats and hits and RBIs. You know, it's war, it's FIP, it's WIP, it's BABIP, and all these <laughs> different acronyms that explain numbers in a new way. It's not just your standard way of uh, looking at hitters and for pitchers. It's not just ERA or wins. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more depth and uh, with technology taken over, um, these hitters are able to see in real time what they're doing wrong instead of analyzing post game and figuring it out going into the next next uh, day. So it's 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 really amazing how technology and analytics, have taken over the game, uh, some for the good, some for not so good, because the human drama has kind of gone away in a lot of in a lot of instances. But for the Giants, I think you see both. Mm-hmm. And I understand the Dodgers aren't just the Giants' hated rival. They've become the new evil empire in baseball with all this money and star players. How do you both think the Giants will be able to beat them? Well, you know what? It's it's really it was an interesting season series, and I think that's instructive when we look at the postseason. The Dodgers kind of came out and pummeled them initially. They swept a series in San Francisco. Then they won the first game at Los Angeles the next time they faced each other. So it was four in a row. Giants were down in the fifth game. It looked like it was completely over. And Mike Talkman in the ninth inning leaped at the fence, stole a home run for Albert Pujols that was going to win the game. And this one 
is caught by Talkman. He robbed him. Albert Pujols came that close, and he may just be finding out right now that that was not a home run. Giants came back. They win. And since then, they have played the Dodgers as well as they played just about anybody. I think that game kind of got it in their heads a little bit. Like, hey, we're here in L.A. We can win these close games against them. We're showing it. And it's that team effort. Mike Toppin is a perfect example of kind of what we've been talking about. A a guy who was just up briefly made some huge contributions, especially defensively. Also hit a big grand slam for them late in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, we haven't really seen him since, but man, he had a lot to do with what the Giants, I think, realized that they could do, which is compete with the Dodgers, despite the payroll discrepancy, despite the Dodgers having all these big stars, uh, and you know, a real, a real discrepancy when it comes to preseason expectations too. I think September 5th was a milestone day for the Giants. It was the final game of a season series against the Dodgers at Oracle park. And, Uh, Walker Buehler was pitching for the Dodgers and the Giants didn't have a starter. So they used a bunch of relievers and the Dodgers obviously were going to be heavy, heavily favored, but the hitters uh, on the Giants with their patience and grinding out at bats actually knocked Buehler out of the game early. And the Giants went on to win that game six to four to win the season series. So if the team's tied at the end, the tiebreaker would be played here in San Francisco. But as it turned out, Giants won that game. And there was no tie because they won their season finale. They finished one game ahead of the Dodgers. But from September 5th, that was like momentum for a nine-game win streak that sort of carried the Giants the rest of September. They had a wonderful final month, and they overcame the Dodgers by a single game. It's very historic, and it's going to be one of the great chapters in Giant Dodger lore. So you both have been following the season so closely, and I want to hear both of your predictions. So let's have a lightning round. Uh, who is going to win the World Series? Susan, let's start with you. Oh, man, this is always such a tough question for a beat writer because, you know, you don't want to look like a homer and pick the team you cover. Uh, and you're also going to get a lot of flack if you pick another team. I will. What I will say is the Giants are set up very well for a good run through the playoffs. They've got the pitching lined up exactly how they would like it. Their bullpen is um, tested and true. It got a, was called into action a ton in September uh, and was really phenomenal when the Giants had two starting pitchers down and they mostly had to use relievers uh, two starts a week at, at the very least. Uh, and they, they've got all these guys now who have experience in close games and in the one of the best pennant races of all time. So I think the Giants are in a good spot. They still will not be favored, probably, no matter how many rounds they go in any round, including this upcoming one against the Dodgers. But I certainly would not discount them. I'll say that. And I wouldn't be surprised if the winner of this giant Dodgers series goes on to win it all or at least play the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, the Rays are sort of like the Giants, very analytic uh, driven, maybe more so. In fact, definitely more so uh, because they do things on a shoestring budget. They're like payroll is a third of the size of San Francisco's and they just do things differently. And they beat up on the Yankees and the Red Sox, the traditional bullies of the American League. So I wouldn't be surprised uh, if uh, the winner of this series goes on to play the Rays in the World Series. And you know what? If if the Dodgers are favored in this series, I, I think a lot of it has to do with experience because they've been to the postseason every single year and they won it all last year. The manager is October uh, 
uh, you know, experienced. Uh, the team is October experienced. Uh, so they have a lot of the same guys who won it all last year and, and won all these divisions together. So with that pitching staff and that scary lineup, uh, you know, it wouldn't be a surprise if the Dodgers moved on. But the Giants are always the underdog and always finish ahead. So it's really a toss up. Okay. And I know you break down the Giants Dodgers series on Giants Splash. Folks can find it wherever they get their podcasts. But can you give us a one word prediction? Giants or Dodgers? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> John. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would just say maybe the maybe the Dodgers experience uh, uh, overcomes what the Giants have, but it certainly wouldn't be a surprise at all if the Giants went out in the end. Okay. Well, John and Susan, this is an exciting time for the Bay Area. Thank you so much for joining me to talk about what we can look forward to. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thanks a lot. Susan Slusser is the Chronicle's Giants beat writer and host of the Giants Splash podcast. John Shea is the Chronicle's national baseball writer. You can hear them breaking down the Giants-Dodgers series on the latest episode of Giants Splash. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode. Thanks to you for listening. And go Giants!